Hello, welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and today we are reading Coveted Kiss. It's the third book in the Savage Security series. It picks up right where Avenging Kiss left off and ties together a few dangling threads. The twists and turns in this romantic thriller hold the reader's focus through multiple points of view, giving the reader a peek into each character's perspective. This book has everything action, mystery, revenge, and romance. So, Get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 10 Mike knocked on Logan's front door and then shoved his hands into the pockets of his leather jacket. A cold wind cut through his jeans and raised goosebumps on his skin. Mojo's bark filtered through the air from the other side of the door, and Logan's muffled voice commanded the dog to sit. Looking through the peephole, Logan pulled open the door when he saw it was Mike. Hey, thanks for coming. He stated and moved to the side to let Mike enter. Mike didn't like the look on Logan's face. His eyes were dull and his shoulders rolled forward slightly, as if weighed down by a massive burden. Mike stepped into the room and Logan closed the door behind him. Unzipping his leather jacket, Mike shrugged it off. Sorry to hear about Aditya. He wasn't sorry she was dead. She needed to die after what she did to Lieutenant Shaw but he couldn't imagine the mixed emotions that had to be suffocating Logan. Logan snorted as he took Mike's jacket. He pulled open the closet door and hung the jacket on a hanger. Aditya. He said her name with disgust and shook his head. I sure fucked that up. I'm not sure why she didn't kill me. She had the chance. I sure fucked that up. I'm not sure why she didn't kill me. She had the chance. There were so many ways she could have taken him out. Poison, gunshot, stabbing. He didn't know why she'd spared him. He hoped it was because some part of their relationship hadn't been a lie. Perhaps there was a small part of her that wasn't a monster. Mike thought carefully about his response. Logan was in a difficult place. Losing a loved one always drowned the survivor in guilt. Mike had struggled against this overwhelming barrage of guilt that assaulted him when his sister was murdered. He blamed himself, even though logically he knew it wasn't his fault. Sometimes shit happens. It's the way reality works. Don't blame yourself, Mike started. She fooled a lot of men. Smart, wary men. Just like we have a gift, she had a gift. A gift, Logan sneered. His lip curled in a show of disgust. If killing can be considered a gift... He started down the hallway towards his office. He needed to feel in control again. He needed the mess in the office cleaned up so he could go back to living his life. He'd have to put this behind him, whether he understood it or not. It's a mess back here, he stated, and motioned with his hands towards the office. Mike came to a stop outside the office and took in the room. Blood splattered the wall. Did the cops already take the pictures and clear the scene? Logan set his hands on his hips and stared at the gore. He had already disposed of the body tissue and brain matter that spattered the floor. Those gray chunks of tissue on his carpet had sickened him. He had ripped up the carpet just to get the mess out of his sight. Even though anger and disgust overwhelmed him, he couldn't help but be sad. He had cared about Aditya, and she'd killed herself in front of him. He wasn't sure how to process that. How do you reconcile grief? and anger. Now he was left with the blood-splattered walls. Yes, it's an open-and-shut case. 
It was obvious that she killed herself. He hated that a part of him was sorry that she was dead. After spending the day with her on Sunday, he'd hoped they had a future. He'd thought they'd connected. They shared a love for technology as their initial connection. Sure. He'd moved quickly. He'd wanted her, and he was willing to absorb her into his life. He didn't know about long-term. But she was the first woman to captivate him physically and intellectually. Mike hated this part of the job. He'd seen his share of guts and gore, but it was something that never sat right. Logan had already dealt with the carpet. It sat on a plastic sheet rolled up like a Cuban cigar in the corner of the room. They'd have to take it to the dump. But blood splatters sprayed across the walls in a telling pattern. He could guess the approximate place that she stood in when she killed herself. It was obvious that they'd have to wash and prime the walls before repainting. Logan stared at his desk. He'd been looking through the intelligence photos and videos when she'd come into the room with a gun. He'd like to say that she'd glared at him with the cold ice of anger, but she hadn't. Instead, pain and sorrow, not calculation, blood from her eyes as she'd held the gun on him. That just confused him more. If being with him was all about revenge, then why had she looked so sad? I'd just found Rhea, Logan said, pointing to his laptop in the video surveillance. I found her sister in the intel just as Adita came into the room. She knew I'd find Rhea. She was ready to act. How did she know? I never told her about the new intel or anything. Logan stared at the computer as his mind whirled with scenarios. Mike stood with his weight on his back foot as he thought. He took in a deep breath and blew it out slowly. Crossing his arms over his chest, he asked, You never said anything to her about any of it? Something she could use to fill in the blanks? No, Logan said as he strode to the computer. He pulled out the chair and sat. Sliding his fingers over the mouse pad, he moved the cursor. The computer woke up as he logged in. She knew computers. That part wasn't a lie. You can't fake that knowledge. She'd talked in detail with him about the advances in technology and the problems that hackers posed to national security. Logan navigated through his desktop and checked certain files. I don't think she hacked my computer. That would be nearly impossible to do without leaving a trail. He had already searched through his files, looking for any kind of fingerprint that would betray a breach. Mike came and stood beside Logan, impressed with the speed at which Logan's fingers moved over the keyboard. It was obvious that Logan's brain was lightning fast as he worked through scenarios in his mind. The code that filled the computer screen boggled Mike's brain. He didn't understand it. In a lot of ways, it was like looking at a foreign language. So instead of focusing on the numbers that Logan scrolled through, Mike's mind went down a different path. Mike leaned against Logan's desk and crossed his arms as he stared at the screen. Suddenly, he tossed out a finger to get Logan's attention and then asked, Hey, what if she didn't hack your computer? She'd have to know that you'd find that. Logan looked up from the screen and leaned back in his chair. He crossed his arms over his chest and looked at Mike. Okay, what are you thinking? I'm thinking old school. Something that you wouldn't expect. Like a bug? The notion hadn't occurred to him, but it was certainly a possibility. Mike nodded his head. She knew you were looking through intel. You had your computer with you in the meeting yesterday when we found out about the Black Widow. If she didn't hack your computer, a bug would be the next explanation. 
Logan thought back through his time with Aditya. She'd never been alone with his computer. He was obsessive when it came to work stuff. But she'd spent the night on Monday. Could she have planted a bug then? Leaning forward, Logan carefully lifted his laptop and looked for any tool markings along the edges and peeked into the ports. He didn't see or feel anything unusual. Grabbing his cable, he pushed it into the port. It slid in easily, so he deduced that nothing was in there. He grabbed the headphone cord and plugged it in. It slid in nicely, too. No blockage. Eyeing his keyboard, he realized the best place to hide a bug. The keys, he said, looking at Mike. That's got to be it. Mike watched as Logan systematically pressed the keys, feeling for a difference in their movement. Logan started with the larger keys, pressing them one by one on each side. If he couldn't detect an obstruction, he'd do a quick touch test and then pry the keys up if needed. But as he methodically tapped through the keys, an idea came to him. She knew I used my computer constantly. She'd have to know that I'd notice a difference in the feel of the keys if something blocked them. She must have placed it under one of the function keys. That's what he would do. That seemed reasonable to Mike. Experts could feel the slightest difference in their instruments. Makes sense, he replied with a nod. Logan started at the left of the top row of keys. They were smaller than the other keys on the board, which was a downside because the space under the key was smaller, making it more difficult to obscure a bug. But the smaller keys were more likely to feel different if something were hidden below. Logan tapped both sides of each key hoping to notice a blockage. When he tapped on the F6 key, it didn't press down completely. He gave a crooked smile to Mike and his heart rate ticked up. Mike turned so he wasn't leaning against the desk anymore. Now he was hunched over, his hands holding his weight on the desk as he watched Logan fiddle with the key. Logan pried up the key and set it on the desktop. Then he clicked on the lamp that sat on his desk and positioned the gooseneck to shine into the tiny space. A tiny dot, about half the size of a grain of rice, sat in the empty space. Logan's stomach clenched. She'd done a great job, not only planting the bug, but playing him. How had she done that without him noticing? He was a light sleeper. He was disgusted with her betrayal and at himself for his gullibility. At least he knew she only spied on him that one day. Mike pointed to his ear and mouthed, Is someone listening? He cocked an eyebrow. If Aditya had partners, and they knew she had at least one, they could be listening in on them right now. He now regretted mentioning the word bug out loud. He should have written it down. Logan shrugged. The possibility was there. He left the bug in the space and then shut down the computer. He'd have to check the bug to see if it was still transmitting, but he wanted to take it to the lab at work to run some tests on it. Closing the computer... He carried it into his bedroom, slid it into his backpack, and put it in his closet. If there was anyone listening, they'd soon figure out that they'd been discovered since they would now be in silence. Mike grabbed a piece of paper and scribbled out a message for Logan while he took care of the laptop. They needed to check the house for any other possible bugs. Mike signaled to Logan as he walked down the hallway towards the office again. Mike handed Logan the note. Need to sweep house. Could be more. Logan nodded. If she'd planted one, she may have planted more. Mike went to the closet by the front door and grabbed his coat. 
I've got some paintbrushes we can use at home. You get started in the office and I'll be right back. Slipping his arms through the sleeves of his leather jacket, he gave Logan a firm head nod and went out the door. Logan locked up behind Mike. What a fucked up mess. He trudged back into the office and decided he wasn't going to waste any time. Cleaning his office could wait, but the mystery of the bug couldn't. He gathered his things together and rushed to the lab at Savage Security. Chapter 11 Bella tossed her cell onto the sofa cushion beside her. Her left elbow rested on the armrest as she nestled her head into her palm. Dragging the fingers of her other hand across her forehead, she let out a low moan. Jack looked up from his laptop and glanced at her. Everything okay? He checked the time on the computer screen. You can't have more pain pills for another half hour. Bella shifted her body and leaned on the armrest so she could see him without craning her neck. Everything's good. She paused and thought back to the conversation with Alicia that she'd just had. Then she smiled and continued. The pain isn't too bad. Narcotics are miracle workers. Jack laughed. She was on some heavy stuff, so hopefully she'd feel better soon. He couldn't help but overhear her earlier conversation with Alicia. She'd kept it brief, blaming the pain and difficulty talking on her throat, but she let out a lot of the details of the attack. He'd gone over the story with her before she called, and she'd stayed on point. He was proud of her. Bella's eyes flipped to the Christmas tree in the corner of the room. Her favorite time of year was ruined. Even the tree looked dismal without the light sparkling. It depressed her. She wanted something to be beautiful in the midst of all this mess. She glanced at Jack again and asked, Would you turn on the lights? She pointed to the tree. Good idea, Jack said with an easy smile. Setting his laptop on the coffee table, he stood from the sofa. In a few steps, he was at the tree. He knelt beside the tree skirt and rested his weight on one knee. Picking up the light cord, he plugged it into the outlet. White lights glowed against the fake evergreen boughs. He stood and set his hands on his hips and admired the tree. He liked the ornaments. They were mostly glass and resembled the old-fashioned ornaments his grandparents had used. It looked classy, just like Bella. Looks good, he said with a head nod. He was right. The tree looked a thousand times better with the lights brightening the ornaments. It even improved her mood. I love it, she said softly. She wasn't sure which image was nicer, the finely decorated tree or her handsome protector. Jack, she began as he made his way back to the sofa. What are you doing for Christmas? You never said. She didn't want him to miss out on a nice Christmas with friends or family because he was babysitting her. Jackie's back onto the sofa. Resting an arm along the sofa back, he slid a smile onto his face. I don't have any special plans. I figured I'd be your shadow. His lips curved into a smile as he raised an eyebrow. That is, if you let me, he added playfully. With everything going on, I'd like to watch out for you. He waited for her response, but all she did was take a breath. There are still a lot of unknowns right now. Yeah, she said on a sigh as her eyebrows drew together. Were they safe now? Or was Eric part of a cell that would come after them again? She fiddled with the edge of the blanket that covered her legs. I usually spend Christmas with my family, but this year my parents are going on a Christmas cruise. It's their 30th wedding anniversary. She chuckled and gazed into Jack's eyes. 
She liked the various shades of green that made up his irises. For such a strong man, she saw a lot of kindness in his features. They invited me, she continued, but I declined. I won't be inviting them on any cruises I take with my husband. Husband, as if. She had trouble finding a steady boyfriend. She dated plenty, but she'd never found someone who captivated her heart and mind. Not until Eric. She'd believed he was smart and kind. He'd played the character well, but he had the integrity of a lifetime politician from D.C. She snorted, feeling stupid. She thought Eric had liked her, but instead he'd used her in the worst way. He'd faked his feelings for her and whispered all kinds of wonderful garbage into her ears just so he could try and kill her friends. Jack didn't like how she stared past him, his eyes glazing over and her lips hardening into a frown. He wished she were a little closer on the sofa. With his arms stretched along the top, she was just out of his reach. What are you thinking? She blinked rapidly and then focused on Jack's face. Honestly? Did she want to have this conversation with Jack? Not really, but she'd already humiliated herself with her excitement about Eric. Could she really do much more to make herself look lame? I was thinking about Eric. I feel bad about falling for him. I put everyone in jeopardy. Jack hated the pain in her expression and words. You shouldn't feel bad. You did nothing wrong. Jack scooted closer to her and stroked her shoulder. He was well-trained. He knew how to manipulate you. He fooled a lot of us. If he hadn't used you, he would have figured something else out. She looked up at him through her lashes. Not you, she said with conviction. He didn't fool you. You didn't like him from the start. She'd been irritated with Jack's behavior the night she brought Eric to the work Christmas party. He'd been a total ass. But now she wished she'd taken his disapproval as a red flag. Jack inhaled deeply as he organized his thoughts. He had been rude to Eric from the moment they'd met, but not for the reasons that she thought. You're right. I didn't like him at all, but it had nothing to do with thinking he was involved in terrorism or that he was trying to hurt you. Her brows pulled together as she bit her bottom lip. She pulled her legs up and crossed them on the sofa. Then why'd you hate him? He'd almost lost her because he hadn't been honest with her. He wasn't going to do that again, although he didn't know if she was ready to hear what he had to say. Deciding it was worth the risk, he said, I was jealous. He took in another breath. Her response would probably kill him, but he went for it anyway. I've had a crush on you for a while. He studied her face, trying to read her emotions. Her eyes brightened as her lips formed a smile. Bella cocked her head and tucked her black hair behind her ear. Had she heard him correctly? He liked her? You had a crush on me? She asked for confirmation. Ha! <laughs> Jack laughed. His heart hammered in his chest as it beat to a chaotic rhythm. He might as well go all in. He noted the past tense she'd used. I have a crush on you. Have for a long time. She'd never seen it. She'd been thinking that he didn't like her, that he was being professional when they interacted because his feelings for her were non-existent. Wow, she smiled. But you never made a move. She shook her head with curiosity. Now he was curious. 
He rested an ankle on his knee and turned so that he faced her. Why does it surprise you to find out that I have a crush on you? His feelings were actually way past crush stage, but no reason to freak her out any more than she already was. She leaned forward to pick up the glass of water that was on the table in front of the sofa, but pain radiated from her ribs. She sat back again and tenderly touched her ribs with one hand. Jack hated to see her in pain, but she was lucky to be alive. Jack reached for the glass and handed her the water. Thanks, she whispered and took a sip. Then she settled herself into a comfortable position, one knee bent with her leg resting on the cushion while the other leg dangled over the sofa edge. She rested the glass of water on the blanket that covered her leg. We've known each other for a while. She still recalled the day they met. She'd been interviewing with Cole when Jack burst into the office. She'd noticed right away how handsome he was, but she'd always kept it professional. She was not going to be the girl at the office who slept her way through her co-workers. She gave him a weak smile and continued. You were always fun and friendly, but honestly, I noticed a change in you after Alicia's attack. I always thought it was because of my interference. I thought that you were angry that I barged into the meeting and gave my opinion. I convinced you all not to hide her at the office. She scoffed. If she could go back and change her opinion that day, she would. She'd stay in the chair behind her desk and let the guys do what they do. Protect people. I was wrong. Sadness laced her words. She'd regretted the intrusion once she'd heard about Alicia's abduction. Guilt had haunted her since she visited Alicia in the hospital and saw the damage the stalker had done to her. And now she had the weight of falling for Eric's sly game to carry around, too. He thought over her words, trying to picture the event in his mind. She'd sit in the conference room doorway with her hands on her hips in defiance as she shot down the idea of holding Alicia at the office against her will. He'd enjoyed seeing the heat in her face and hearing the passion in her voice. I was never mad at you about that. I'm not sure why you thought that. He cocked his head and asked, Did I do something? He couldn't remember saying or doing anything that would make her think he was angry. She'd thought about that moment many times. She'd stood in the doorway as his eyes had raked over her, from head to toe, slowly appraising her. But it wasn't just that. His gaze had turned predatory and penetrated her. She'd felt naked before him, exposed. It was the way you looked at me. Like a predator. A predator? Jack blew out and swiped his hand through his hair. If anything, he'd been thinking about having sex with her. But he was smart enough not to reveal that tidbit of information. I'm sorry that you thought that. But I was never angry with you for stepping in that day. What you said was true. Hindsight. We should have taken Alicia, kept her safe. But the truth is, we don't kidnap people. Usually. He laughed at her smile. It was Alicia's call, and you respected that. It played out the way it played out. Thankfully, she's doing great now. He shrugged and smiled. And we're not in jail or unemployed. Bella couldn't help but smile but she did feel a twinge of pain around her bruised eye as her cheeks rose. She'd always liked the cocky grin on him. Jack was a good-looking man. He kept his dirty blonde hair cropped short along the sides and just long enough to comb to the side on top. Sometimes, after he'd run his fingers through his hair, it would stand up on top. 
She'd always liked that carefree look on him. It was sexy. He wanted things to change between them. He wanted to transition from co-worker to lover, but he knew she couldn't be rushed. She'd been through a harrowing experience and didn't need him adding pressure to her. Let's just take this one day at a time. We'll see what happens over the next few days. Cole's going to talk to Captain Wallace and hopefully get us assigned to finding this cell. Can Captain Wallace do that? Does he have that kind of power? She had no idea how these things were handled. Jack shrugged his shoulder. He knows the right people. Savage security has already been pulled into it. The enemy literally put a target on us. We know more about the situation than anyone else. So Cole's going to encourage Captain Wallace to use our skills to resolve the problem. Hmm, she nodded. Makes sense. Now what was she going to do with this tidbit of information concerning Jack's feelings? What did that mean? What would happen between them? Jack had dropped a bomb on her regarding his feelings, and he didn't want things to get awkward between them. So, he tossed his hand in a casual flip, maybe when this is all over, we can get dinner sometime. The corners of Bella's mouth quirked up. Sounds nice. She gave a casual shrug when she felt anything but casual. Her stomach flittered as she contemplated the fallout that could result from dating a co-worker if things didn't work out. Would she end up having to find a new job? Was having Jack at her apartment a mistake? Should she ask for one of the other guys to watch over her? No, she couldn't do that. He'd be insulted, and she'd be sabotaging their potential relationship before it even started. Picking up the remote, she looked at him and asked, Mind if I watch television? Not at all. Jack tried to read her as she stared at the screen. She didn't find the jokes on the sitcom funny. She also chewed on her bottom lip. It was obvious that she was distracted. He hoped he hadn't ruined his chances with her by being so honest. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope you enjoyed the reading for today. If you have not had a chance to listen to Avenging Kiss, you may want to do that. It can be found in episodes 38 through 53. To keep up with various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye.